Hello, and welcome to the TES International Podcast with me, Dan Worth. Today, we're chatting with Mark Beals, the principal of Osaka YMCA International School in Japan, about how the school introduced a bespoke high school diploma alongside its IB offerings to enable pupils of all abilities to achieve a qualification suitable for them and that provides the onward opportunities they want, including accessing major universities around the world. He explains how and why this was introduced, the external accreditation used to give the course credibility, how it has been factored into teacher workloads, and how the benefits of this were all explained to parents and pupils. All that and lots more on the TES International Podcast. Hi, Mark. Welcome to the TES International Podcast. Great to chat with you. You are our first uh, guest from Japan, which is great. Always excellent to add another country to the list, so I'm pleased about that. Um, we're going to have a really interesting conversation about sort of student pathways and a sort of bespoke one you've created that sits alongside some IB pathways. I think it's going to be really interesting to a lot of people as talking about like student differentiation, all those kind of good things that happen and how you can do that. Before we dive into that, just tell us a little bit more about yourself, your role, your school, how you came to be where you are, all that kind of interesting stuff. Sure, sure. Thank you very much, Dan, for the, the invite to be here today as well. Uh, yes, yeah, so I'm Mark Beals, uh, originally from England. I've been teaching internationally for about 20 years now um, in Thailand for about 13 years and then Vietnam for a few years. And currently I'm co-principal of Osaka YMCA International School over here in Japan. Uh, so I've um, dealt mostly with uh, with IB schools and had a variety of roles as head of secondary IB coordinator, uh, currently principal of this uh, this school here. Uh, and that's really how I got here. Before that, though, um, when I started at Hashi, originally I was a journalist in England and then uh, did that for a few years and then uh, decided to travel the world and, and move into teaching. So uh, this is where I am now. Excellent, excellent. That's good for me to know that there's another another path if I choose to go to that way as well. Your school you're in now then, tell us a bit more about that. Like again, the context, what kind of you know intake do you have? Um, what kind of ages range are we talking about? And that'll help set our conversation from there, I think. Sure, sure. Uh, so um, it's, it's a slightly unusual school because Osaka obviously is a, a massive city in Japan, but we're the only uh, accredited IB school in Osaka city. Um, there's a few others on the outskirts, but we're the only one in the middle. Uh, part of the reason is that for that is that we're a non-profit group. We're linked to the, the YMCA, but not a religious school in any way. Uh, we've been going about 22 years now. And so the reason it came about was that the city originally got in touch with the YMCA as it wanted to have an international school in the middle of Osaka. And the city then rented us an old primary school to use, which we uh, completely refitted and made into an international school. And it kind of went that way for about 18 years or so, uh, only going up to the kind of middle school. And then um, a few years ago, they decided to get the uh, the MYP, the and IB's MYP and the IB diploma um, launched. Uh, did that about, got that accredited about three years ago, was authorized to do that. Uh, and so I've come in in the last couple of years, really with my, my background as um, uh, an IB person, if you like, uh, really to set that up and, and get it going. and. Because of that growth, we've expanded now into two campuses. Uh, so in total, we're still a relatively small school. We have about 340 students uh, coming from 34 different countries. So quite a diverse mm. uh, range of, of students. Um, a lot of them that come from with parents uh, who have settled in Japan. Uh, they have businesses nearby. Uh, we have, we're very close to the local consulates as well. So we we attract a lot of students whose parents work in, work in those. Um, and yeah, quite a, uh, a diverse school, also a very inclusive school, um, which we'll talk about probably in a while, I guess. Uh, we try and try and make sure there's uh, there's no barriers to learning for as many students as possible. Um, so quite have a big, quite a large uh, inclusion program as well. That inclusion program is, is I think, quite interesting, isn't it? Because that sort of has led on to the bespoke path that you've created. So again, tell us a bit more about 
the, again, the inclusion, inclusion focus. And I think then, then we'll be ready to sort of really get with all the context we need them for the wider discussion. Yeah, exactly. Well, as I say, we're quite new. Um, they, they did the NYP and the uh, deployment program simultaneously, which is a little unusual for schools to bring them in together. Uh, and so we had our first graduates uh, last year come through, uh, just about have our second graduates now. Um, and I think as we've started to do that, we started to realize being an inclusive school um, is, is really important to us. It's a big part of our ethos. Uh, and so we have a, a quite a large inclusive department, um, inclusion department, relatively speaking. Uh, so I, I created a new position last year, which was um, head of inclusion. And the idea with that, generally speaking, is to um, pull in all the all the divergent parts of um, the various needs a student may have. So it could be EAL, could be their English as a second language. Um, it could be their social emotional needs. It could be their learning support needs. They may have something there that we can help with. Uh, and rather than having two or three coordinators doing disparate jobs, uh, we really wanted one head of inclusion across the whole school as well, not just for one particular program. Um, and she's amazing, come in, done an absolutely fantastic job of, of really providing that support. So we've got this kind of 360 view of, of a student and what their position is, what their context is. Uh, we have meetings every week to go through this and come up with plans. And uh, that's been going really well. So that's kind of our um, approach to inclusion, if you like. Mm, yeah, excellent. Well, from that then, so you, you've explained you're an IB school and you do the IB diploma and the you know, MIP and so forth. But then you were explaining to me on email, which sort of led to this podcast, is that you've got your own, um, is, it, is it actually called the high school diploma? Is that the, that's its official name? Uh, yes, it is. Yes. So you've got this high school diploma that's sort of aimed particularly at students who, you know, for whatever reason, the IB pathway into, and their final out assessments uh, is not quite right for them. So you've developed this bespoke course that's accredited and everything. You can tell us about that. Um, but again, explain how then, what was the thinking there that why did you realize we need a sort of third strand that's going to sort of complement the IB stuff, but it actually ultimately leads to something different? Yeah, it's a good question. Um, well, I think it, part of it came from when, when I've worked in other IB schools, IB diploma schools, um, the diploma is is often seen by by teachers, sorry, by students and and parents as as being like the gold standard in, in um, high school education. And in a lot of ways it is, it leads to the world's best universities or it can do um it's also a very challenging course uh and the schools i've worked in previously i think there's a, a degree or an element where it was seen as the be all and end all and you you the ib diploma was the pathway um and the only pathway really through to be quote successful at, at high school um and that's that's really not the case it's not what ib is about um it's ib is also quite an inclusive organization um, and it does offer different pathways. And I've spent a long time working with students and with parents to make them realize um, it's not the only pathway uh, to university. And really finding the best pathway is the most important thing. It's not about the best university necessarily. Uh, it's getting on the right path for each individual student. Um, and so having having looked at that, uh, we, we looked at and we offer, um, a lot of schools offer the IB diploma and then as, a, uh, as another strand to that is IB, the IB course, or used to be called IB certificates. Um, but that's still really challenging. Uh, there's not, a, there's not a, there's a difference between the two, but there's not a huge difference in terms of the academic rigor and the, the subjects you have to study. Uh, it's a little more streamlined and it offers a little bit more flexibility, but it's still a very, very challenging course. Um, you'd still are probably going to be doing four or five subjects, uh, compared with maybe three or four A level, for example, you know, at quite a high level, mm. uh, to try and battle that misconception that it's. IB is like an elite type of course. We wanted to introduce a, an extra pathway in addition to the first two, um, just to make sure again, so pretty much any student who gets to high school level 
they have an option to study with us and, and finish their high school because we're now a, a K-12 school. So it's really important that we, we offer that inclusive pathway all the way through right to the end of, of grade 12. Do the students who do that, do they do that only? Or are they doing some sort of, uh, you know, they're in the same classes as their, as their other classmates, but then they sit assessments, just as assessments difference, or is there actually a difference to curriculum content as well? There's a bit of a difference in both. The main one is probably the assessment. Yeah, as you as you say, I guess I'll briefly go through that. Um, the the IB diploma. First, the, the key word is flexibility, um, and and choice, mm. and that's really what we wanted to offer. If you're doing the IB diploma, there is a an, an amount of choice in terms of the subjects, but you still have to do one subject from six groups. Um, you have to do a science. You have to do a second language, etc. All, all those things, um, and the assessments are external. Uh, so there's not so much choice there. You have to do all these things, plus what they call the core, which is theory of knowledge, extended essay, and then creativity, activity, service. Um, if you do IB courses, uh, there's, there's, we start to bring in more flexibility. Um, one thing we've offered, which a lot of schools perhaps don't offer, is uh, you can do a one-year course if you if you wish, or you can do one subject over two years and do the the final external assessments. But if you want to do music in one year and art the up the next year. That's cool. We can we can work that out. We can figure that out for you. Um, so with the with IB courses, that also off, that also um, entails external assessments, uh, which are pretty much identical to the full diploma. Uh, you just aren't aren't doing quite as many of them. And then when you get to the the uh, the high school pathway that we offer, the high school diploma, um, that's quite different. Uh, it's much more bespoke. So if you want to do a particular subject just for a year, that's fine. Um, if you would like to uh, do a personal thesis, for example. We will offer that. You can you can do that in lieu of perhaps the extended essay. Um, and all the the main difference is all the assessments there are internal. Mm. So with the with the high school pathway, high school diploma pathway, we're not registering you with IB as an IB student. You don't finish with an IB qualification per se. Um, you will sit in IB classes. Uh, some of the content may be tailored, modified. Um, there may be accommodations for assessment and, and things like that. Um, but you're not doing the full final exams, which also can be a very stressful experience. Um, so you'll do internal exams at the same time as the the externals are taking place. Um, but it's a much more flexible pathway. As I say, you can do, um, usually we we only give standard level content for the pathway, uh, unless maybe say you want to go to an art school and you, you want to do one higher level visual arts course. We have a student doing that at the moment. Absolutely fine. Um, and they'll get a grade just in that in that um, particular subject. Uh, so that's the main thing is the, the flexibility as you, as you move along to the, the high school pathway that we have is, is far greater uh, and gives a lot more opportunities um, for the, yeah. for this. Right. That's great. And I think then the, the obvious question that it leads to then is, and you've sort of touched this about, you, you know, you, you're examined internally and so forth um, in terms of your assessments. But what then do you get at the end? You know, how are you accrediting that? And how are you giving them something that if they, like, say they want to go on and study elsewhere, they've got something that that institution will recognize as a, as a, oh, right, this has merit. This is a, a thing that's, you know, let, will provide admission. It's, it's a very good point because it's internal. It's got to have some credibility behind it as well. So essentially we're, we're accredited by a group called WASC, the Western Association of Schools and Colleges, and we're accredited from K to 12 for that. So part of that accreditation is use, is is designing our own OIS pathway, school pathway, um, in tandem with WASC. Uh, and so if you qualify for that, if you get that at the end of your high school, um, you can take that and show this is a WASC accredited school. 
and I've graduated from this particular school. So easily comparable with, uh, say, a, an American high school diploma or, or something like that. Um, so that's one of the, the, the key takeaways, really, is if you have this, um, um, this, is, this is a viable option. Um, the other thing to mention is we do work very closely with that. We've got a really good university colleges advisor um, because the number of options does change depending on which pathway you're on. And so it's very important for students to realize if you do this particular pathway, these are your likely options for university. And if you do this pathway, there might be some, some other options. So it's important to go into it with, uh, with eyes wide open. And in terms of the accreditation process then, um, how, how easy are that? Is that, or how hard is it? Is it a lot of work? You know, and listen to this thinking, this sounds great, but that, you know, how much time are they going to have to prepare for, for that element? It's, it's very good. Uh, WASC, uh, we, we're very fortunate to have one of the, um, the main WASC representatives come and, and help us actually with, with that process. Um, I should give credit to the previous uh, leaders as well. I've only been at the school two years. Um, so I, I dealt with the final part of the accreditation, the grade 11 and grade 12 that we added on. Mm -hmm. Um, it's very much a conversation. Uh, it's perhaps different from some uh, accrediting boards who will come in and, and maybe comment and judge a little bit. It's not. It's very much more of a, a cyclical conversation. So you work out where you want to go, what you want to do, and they have WASCAS experts who come in and and make sure you meet certain standards. Very student focused as well, which is really what I what I like about WASC. Um, and so we had a, a couple of really good experts come in from them, uh, and they were very useful. Very had some very good ideas. We knew roughly where we wanted to go. Um, and they were particularly useful in, in just fine, fine tuning it a little bit and streamlining, uh, what the curriculum would look like and how it would differ from the, the more standard IB, uh, offerings, if you like, um, while enabling students to be in those classrooms, we don't have separate classrooms, but how we could do that and make it credible. This is great. You're sort of setting up each question in turn for me, which makes my life a lot easier, but I was going to ask about that. So on the actual classroom practice then, so for the for teachers you know when you go to them and say look we're actually going to start doing this there's going to be this third pathway it's going to involve some levels of differentiation different type of assessment i mean how do you sell that to them i presume you know teachers always are sort of on board for anything that can help make people's lives better but still for them it must be sort of more work or a new set of things to think about how did you sort of make sure that was manageable and they were on board with it and understood what what it all was for yeah sure i mean i think most teachers are aware of ib ib courses or the ib course um because there's not already a lot of difference there if you're in a a physics class, you're doing pretty much exactly the same thing as a, a full diploma student. Um, the pathway one is a little different, as I say, because we don't have uh, what they, the internal assessments or the IAs is a, a big part of IB, uh, usually about 30% of each subject grade overall. Uh, so they don't, the, the course, the um, pathway students don't have to do that. Um, in place of that, we have uh, project-based work and inquiry-based work. Um, and so they will create uh, internal um, projects that we can, we can assess. Uh, and still quite rigorous. We still have, you know, quite a high standard. It's by no means a, a given mm. um, that and rate will be achieved because we still expect um, quite a lot in terms of performance, but also in terms of attendance as well, actually, we can talk about later. Um, so for teachers, it's really just an awareness that um, these students are full diploma and all courses, whereas this student is on our, our pathway course. Uh, and so the, the requirements are a, a little bit different. And so certainly in terms of the uh, the internal assessments, um, they'll be, they'll be pretty radically different from a, a full, uh, full diploma student. Mm. But was that, did that, when, when you explain that to staff, you know, is that, do they sort of, are they on board with it or is it, do they sort of think, oh, that's another, you know, body of work. I've got to think about those students are different. I've got to differentiate again for them. Or is it kind of, is it, is the, it sounds like you're saying the difference is not so great that it, it's a huge amount of work, maybe just some sort of tweaks and refinements. Is that fair? 
Yeah, I think that's fair. In terms of the actual content, uh, that's generally the, um, very similar or the same to the IB course. So in terms of what's being sought and the uh, the units as such, um, they'll they'll often be uh, the same. Um, the difference is just in terms of assessment. And I think as a school, we we try and when we're hiring as well, um, we work very closely. We're trying to find people who have that inclusive mindset and are, are open to students of, of all different levels and abilities. And we have some extraordinarily gifted students as well who get the highest grades. Um, but also we're aware that other students do struggle. Um, and so for various means, for various reasons. Um, and so very much when we bring teachers in, we, we explain to them, this is the kind of school we are. We want the students to do as well as they can academically to really reach their potential. And, and generally the, the, um, the, uh, the re response, if you like, the feedback from from teachers has been very positive. Um, they're very on board with this. It is, it is a little bit more work for sure. Um, but part of our school ethos is building in enough time that there is enough planning and prep um, allocations so they, they can do that and it becomes, uh, it's meaningful for the student as well. Mm. Well, that, that sounds good. And, and again, I mean, you, you touched on this there, but so from the, from the family's point of view then, I, I, again, I guess, how, do you, how was that introduced? Because I can imagine for some, it would probably be quite a positive thing, but presumably still some education to make them understand that it's still an accredited thing. It's going to be quite robust. You know, they, they can get something out of it at the end of it. It's not going to be easy, so to speak, but it is a new path. I mean, how, how did that sort of whole parent explanation go? Yeah, well, we have a, like a lot of schools do, we have a subject information or subject selection evening in grade 10 for the, stu for the um, students and parents. But even before that, as part of our pastoral curriculum, we, we look at um, college pathways and career pathways and and high school, even how students are going to progress through. So we try and introduce that conversation very early on that we, it's not that the IB diploma is not <laughs> the be all and end all. There are two alternatives that are very viable. Um, and I always say to, to students in particular, it's not about the best university. It's about the best pathway, um, for that particular student. And so we try and as I say, introduce that, that narrative, uh, quite early on. Um, we're fortunate. I think the school we're in as well, the parents are very supportive, uh, and they, they understand that. Um, you know, certainly there's a neat, we, we try and push high academic standards as much as possible, but again, it's in, within the reality that, um, this is the student's potential and this is where they're, um, possibly looking to go. Uh, so we do that. And also we use, uh, let's say our college advisor, we have a really good online platform that we, um, allow students and parents to look at, to search for universities. Um, cause if you are doing courses that does limit you a little bit, the top universities may be a little difficult to obtain. Uh, and if you're doing our high school diploma pathway, universities aren't certainly possible. We had a student, we've had students, um, go on to university via that pathway, which is very useful to have because we can, you know, provide evidence of how it works. Um, but we have to be realistic as well and say, okay, if you're doing this particular option, these are your, your realistic pathways. And it's very important that parents and, and students are aware of that. Uh, and they, they accept that. And generally speaking, um, I think because we've introduced those ideas quite early on and for a while now, mm. um, so generally aware of it. What would you do, or have you have you had encountered this yet? When you because you said the marking is quite you know robust and you you have high standards, so when it's internally marked, but of course that could mean there is that element, isn't there, of life? If a student doesn't get the grade they hoped, or their parent, they have they, they could always come back and say, well, this is you know they they sort of can direct their annoyance at the actual institution that has given them the grade, rather than it being oh well it's the IB, it's external, whatever. Have you had, have you encountered that yet? Is that where you have to hold the line and say, look, we have to apply high standards. I mean, how do you manage that? Yeah. I mean, touch wood when we haven't had that 
Uh, yeah, mainly because I think we, we have quite a good dialogue with the with the parents as they come through. But you are right, it's internally assessed. So um, that that's a, a, a judgment from the school as opposed to a judgment from IB, which the other two pathways have. So we have various reports that go home to parents uh, to give them regular updates about where students are going. Uh, if there are issues with grades, um, then we will ask them to come in, uh, have a chat about this, see what the problems are. It may be something social emotional, it could be something outside of school. We have two counsellors who work really well with the students. Um, <clears throat> and so if there are issues, we'll, we'll try and talk through that with the with the particular um, student. Uh, we also have a, an after-school study support program, uh, which is um, almost one-on-one -on -one, uh, with a number of teachers, which is, again, adds adds real value, I think. And the students are able to sit down with the teachers and go, look, I don't get this. Explain this to me again. I, you, you, you know, you've said this in class. Mm. Didn't get it at all. Um, and I think it's important to have that that trust with with teachers as well where students are willing to sit down after school and say look help me with help me with this please um so fortunately we haven't had the situation yet where anybody's querying those i mean usually um we've got we've got what well, we do have a, a very clear kind of standard um of of what an assessment means um and there are certain requirements for the the high school pathway um and that includes attendance as well so occasionally students have some issues with attendance um and we'll we'll set things up so that they you know, they're very clear on what they have to do. It's not a an absolute gimme that if you turn up, um, you will just be awarded the high school diploma because mm. as you say, it has some some um has to have some credibility behind it. Uh so thankfully we haven't come to that yet, but I think we would be pretty pretty rigorous in saying it's not a um a, a, a given that you will pass. And actually yeah. the other thing I haven't mentioned that we we also insist for all three programs is that every student has to complete CAS. Just to clarify on that attendance thing, there. So what you're saying there, there is there isn't a, there is a sort of an attendance threshold almost that you know you have to have as part of achieving the diploma, the high school diploma, um, which seems like a good you know way of like say just there's that extra element of you know ensuring attendance. Is that that's just essentially how that works? Is it? Yeah, essentially, um, there's different uh, percentages. The the IB diploma is a little bit higher, um, really out of necessity because. Uh, with IB, you have to do the 240 hours for a higher level and 150 hours for the standard level course. Mm. Um, we have to make sure um, students are in uh, for that amount of time purely to get the content that they need for the, the final exams. Uh, for the pathway, it's slightly lower, um, but not not massively so. Uh, and we do regular checks. We have a couple of program coordinators who who do regular checks, calls home if there are issues. Thankfully, it's not, not too many. Our students, by and large, do like coming to school. They do come to school. Yeah. Um, but see, you know, teenagers are teenagers. Occasionally there are, there are issues and, uh, we try and work really closely with the, with the parents to, to make sure we understand what the issue is and how we can help with it. Yeah. Yeah. No, that makes a lot of sense. Okay. And, and on the, on the cast thing then, I mean, again, a lot of any IB, you know, leaders out there will know about that, but again, so you've made that a part of the high school diploma that you offer though. So again, what was the thinking there? Was that kind of an obvious fit? Is it because though the sort of what the CAS element is, is sort of just is good and works for any sort of student, any level, anything that actually is a logical fit. I mean, how did that all come together? Yeah, I think, um, I think we're very much a service learning kind of school, a student agency kind of school. We want to give, um, students a, a voice, um, part of actually, funnily enough, part of our agreement actually with the local prefecture who, uh, who enable us to, to have a campus originally, um, is that we have to have a certain element of community service standards and, and things we do with the community. So we have um, residents come in and play baseball at the weekends, like elderly residents come in. Uh, we open the, the, the school up as much as possible. So we're very much um, 
uh, keen to promote service. We have service learning leaders uh, in, in various grades and a strong student government. And so, yeah, basically we, we feel really strongly that um, not just the service, but the creativity and the activity as well as an important part of being a student. Uh, and so um, the IB diploma is really the only one where you have to complete CAS and it's not an assessed, it's not, there's no exams for this. It's just, you have to show you've, you've met certain out learning outcomes. Um, and so we thought also for the, uh, for the, um, the high school diploma, for the high school pathway as well, it was um, equally important and, and often students enjoy doing it as well. We set up uh, lots of opportunities for them to work with the, uh, the local, local groups and NGOs. Um, and so really because we value it that much, uh, we wanted to include it and, um, actually strangely enough, a couple of weeks ago, we, we were lucky enough, fortunate enough to get an award from, uh, ISC, one of the international school awards this year for, uh, an urban gardening project we did that, um, was a whole school project and it enabled, uh, us to help a local food bank. Mm. Uh, and, um, things like that were really good. And we, I, I per, me personally as well, I, I like to see students involved in that sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. And it makes a lot of sense. And I think, you know, like say to, to have the, that focus that whatever, you know, um, education or assessment strand you're taking makes a lot of sense, like you say, because it sort of slightly transcends, doesn't it? The, the sort of the academic and it goes into more, you know, the whole kind of good stuff that all, all schools do, but I know international schools always have a big focus on that kind of, you know, uh, service and, and outreach and being part of a community and not being this kind of, you know, gated school, but actually like we're, we're here in the community. So that, that makes, that's great to hear about. And I think that the, the obvious last group then to touch on is, is the pupils, you know, how do you see their reactions since this has been introduced, you know, do, do the ones that choose it, do they recognize that this is really suits them and there's an appreciation there? And I suppose the only other sort of other question is how do you manage the sense, you know, that there isn't a hierarchy among the pupils that they kind of themselves start seeing them as like, cause you've, you said a lot about the diploma isn't the be all and end all. How do you stop them kind of thinking, oh, I do the diploma and you don't mindset, you know, how do you, how do you address that if, if you have to? Yeah, it's a, it's a good question. Certainly in, in other schools I've worked in, there has been that kind of hierarchy. Um, and uh, I mean, often with students, when I deal with them, some, they, 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 you can have different reactions. Um, we, we like to give everyone the opportunity to, to do the full diploma if it's, you know, if it's realistic and they've got a shot at it. Um, sometimes when you tell students, look, hey, this isn't really working, um, we need to make sure you finish with a qualification. Uh, so this pathway is one really we think we recommend you go on. Sometimes it's a, it's a, like a weight has been lifted off their shoulders. Mm. And uh, that's, that's such a relief. Mm. You know, it's really struggling. My well-being is not good. Um, I, I really could do with another option here. Um, you know, occasionally students, uh, or parents, it can be a little more difficult, more challenging of a conversation, uh, and they'll want to insist on a particular pathway. But I think generally in, in, in our school here in Osaka, um, because we, we have that conversation quite early and we make it really clear, this is about the best pathway for your child, not the most challenging pathway necessarily. You know, it may be, it may well be, that is mm -hmm. the case. But we, we have to be realistic and here's the data, here's the evidence. Um, you know, this is also about the child's well-being, what's good for them. Um, and often you look at the various pathways, we work with our college advisor, as I say, quite a lot. Um, and they can, they can work out, you know, what's the student interest? Where do they want to go? What do they want to study? Here's a particular option. Um, and we've had students in the past uh, who were on the, the high school, um, the high school pathway, high school diploma pathway. Um, they did, they do our, uh, SATs were at SAT center as well. Uh, and they were able to go, uh, currently they're one of them studying Australia, Australia at a university there. So, uh, I think now we've got a little bit of history of doing that. We can, we can show that, look, this is a really viable alternative depending mm. on, 
which country you want to go to, because that's a, that's a big factor as well. Certain countries are, are much stricter on on uh, what they want from IB. Um, others, there'll be foundation options uh, that students can do. And so it's really important that we understand each student and what they're looking for, what they're looking to get out of high school. And then we can adapt and be flexible and offer them uh, one of those three pathways. Yeah. Well, the fact, like you said, that you've got students who have done it and then gone on to universities. I mean, you said Australia there. Are there other are there other parts of the world that people have gone that again gives you that really good sort of case study to look if you want to go study in Australia or wherever else you can? Yeah, I mean, that's, it's a really good point. And where, where you want to study is is a, a major thing. Obviously, you've got lots of things in terms of um, the costs involved, uh, visas, scholarships, things like that. Um, generally, I find if you if you have students who are looking to go to the US um, and you're doing IB, course, IB courses or, or our high school diploma pathway, um, that's a really good option. There are, I, I think um, the US has the num- highest number of uh, IB students in the world. Mm. Uh, so it's, it's, very, it's very much recognized qualification. Our WASC, obviously WASC is also very well known over there. So having a WASC high school diploma, again, is, 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 is no, it's not a, a gimme as such. It's, it's very much recognized. And so if students want to go over there, and not a lot of ours do, there was a lot of strong links with the US, um, then that's a really viable option. So yeah, depending on where you want to go, there are there are uh, there's usually a um, a way to make it happen. Um, a final question then, and uh, I appreciate you might not be able to give us specifics on this, but in terms of cost, you know, like working with the WASC and getting your course accredited, I mean, is there a cost involved? Is it very expensive? Is it kind of manageable? How how does that all play in? Because you know, I know international schools often are perceived as having lots of money, but actually a lot are, are operating fairly, you know, sort of not on the margins, but not far away from them sometimes. So how do you factor that in? Uh, yeah, it's a good point. I mean, one of the main things with international schools is reputation because certain countries, they're they're uh, accredited and you, they're authorized by certain people. Um, WASC is certainly one of the, the bigger players in the international school scene. And so, yeah, there's we, there's a, a fee, if you like, to be accredited. Um, but that's that's very, very good value for money for what you get out of it um, because you can, you can show the parents and show the community objectively um, externally, this group who authorise a lot of schools and accredit a lot of schools, um, they 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 agree that we're at this particular standard, uh, and so there's a a huge value um, in, in having that. Uh, and I think when parents are looking for schools, uh, it's one of the things that they look at, and also for recruitment purposes, it's useful as well. Mm. Uh, so it's it's particularly important that as an international school, yeah, we have um, one of the best types of uh, accreditation that we can. Well, well, thank you so much for sharing all the insights there. I mean, it's a really interesting sounding program and I suspect other schools listening to this, other leaders might be thinking that's something that they could bring into their, you know, provision. And I suppose it depends slightly on context and, and you know, cohorts and everything. But, you know, we know international schools are doing more to become more inclusive. Um, and I suppose if you can then show that you can, you can create bespoke pathways that still provide the kind of onward opportunities that, you know, parents want, that pupils want, and that you can make it work for teachers to deliver that. That's a real sort of you know, a set of positive in, insights there. So um, thank you so much for taking the time to share it. Um, and presumably if people wanted to know more, they could get in touch with you. Is there a sort of uh, a social media account? Are you on LinkedIn? Is there a way people could find out a bit more if they wanted to? Um, yes, yeah, certainly the school the school website is www.oyis.org. Uh, and I'm on LinkedIn. Um, yeah, it's probably the easiest way to find me would be uh, via there, yeah. Yeah, great. Well, there you go. So if people do want to find out a bit more, they can do that. But hopefully the podcast has given them plenty of food for thought. So yeah, Mark, thank you very much again. Pleasure. Thanks for having me.